Welcome to the Equine Veterinary Journal Podcasts. Hi, and welcome to the August 2021 edition of the EVJ Podcast. I'm your host, Rhiannon Morgan. Today, I'm talking to Laura Quinney, who is a clinical manager at IMV Imaging and carried out this research um, in her junior clinician post at the Animal Health Trust. Laura is joining us to discuss her recent paper in EVJ, Pathological Findings in Horses with Lumbar Sacral Region Pain. Laura, thanks so much for joining us on the EVJ podcast to talk about your recent paper in EVJ um, titled Pathological Findings in Horses with Lumbar Sacral Region Pain. Can I ask you to start off um, by telling us um, how sacroiliac conditions are most commonly diagnosed in the horse? Well, a diagnosis of pain in the uh, the lumbar sacral region, which does include the sacroiliac joints, is usually made by observation of either abolition or a significant improvement in clinical signs, usually in the ridden horse, following diagnostic anaesthesia. However, this technique, although commonly referred to as a sacroiliac joint block, is actually a non-specific technique, and it's probably more accurate to consider it a lumbar sacral region block. Diagnostic imaging further provides limited information. Skeletal scintigraphy has been shown to be unreliable for the diagnosis of lumbar sacral pain, with a high percentage of false positive and false negative results. Transrectal ultrasonography is limited to the ventral aspects of this region, and radiography can be performed of the sacroiliac joints, but this does require general anaesthesia and dorsal recumbency. Thus, in the vast majority of cases, achieving a specific diagnosis cannot actually be attained. And, and what are the main causes of um, sacroiliac joint disease or the pathology in this area? Well, there's really is a lack of understanding of the sources of lumbar sacral region pain. It's probable that uh, pain in this region can be caused by either osseous or soft tissue pathology, or potentially both. There is just relatively little known about the range of anatomical variation and pathological changes that can be seen in horses with confirmed lumbar sacral region pain. So what did you aim to investigate in your study? Our aims were to recruit horses with confirmed pain in the lumbar sacral region to form an affected group and those without pain in that region to form a control group. We aimed to comprehensively describe the gross variations and pathological findings in both the soft and osseous tissues of the lumbar sacral region and also to harvest sections of nerves from adjacent to the sacroiliac joints for histology. Our hypothesis was that the severity and the number of pathological or histopathological changes would be greater in the affected horses than in the control horses. You mentioned having case and control groups. What were your inclusion criteria for the study subjects? So all the horses were euthanized over a 19-month period um, from a population of horses which were referred for poor performance or lameness investigation, for which we had a definitive diagnosis. 
A definitive diagnosis required that the horse had undergone a comprehensive physical and clinical examination, which must have included ridden exercise, and that the pain had been localised with diagnostic analgesia, and that was then followed by diagnostic imaging. So the affected horses were ones which displayed clinical signs consistent with lumbar sacral region pain when, when they were ridden, and which were then abolished or at least dramatically improved following uh, infiltration of local anaesthetic solution around the sacroiliac joint regions. The controlled horses did not display any of the clinical signs consistent with lumbar sacral region pain, and these horses had distant causes of lameness or poor performance confirmed by diagnostic anaesthesia. Okay, and you included both gross mortem and um, histological analysis of the lumbar sacral area. Could you talk us through how you um, proceeded with these and what you assessed? Yes, so as soon as possible following euthanasia, the pelvic region was isolated and the gross post-mortem, uh, post-mortem examination was carried out. Uh, this included assessment of the ventral, interosseous and dorsal sacroiliac ligaments, the caudal portions of the iliopsoas muscles and sacrocaudalis muscles and gluteal muscles. Uh, these were all assessed for colour, structure, uh, texture and size. Uh, for the nervous tissue, the lumbar sacral plexus and the cranial gluteal sciatic and obturator nerves were firstly evaluated grossly and then sections of each uh, were harvested at the level of the sacroiliac joint and then stored pending histological examination. The specimens were then boiled and dried in order to remove all of the remaining soft tissues to allow us to examine the bones. A comprehensive grading system was then developed by consensus of three authors on one occasion using all of the samples and was at a later date applied blindly by one author. The sacroiliac joint surfaces, the sites of attachment of the sacroiliac ligaments, the sacrum, the lumbar sacral symphyseal surfaces, the fourth to the lumbar sacral intertransverse joints and the fourth to sixth articular process joints were all assessed and graded. For the histological grading of the nerve samples, the slides were prepared using both transverse and longitudinal sections and were then stained with a hematoxylin and eosin, Luxol Fast Blue and Masson's Trichrome. These were then reviewed blindly by a boarded histopathologist. Abnormalities were then graded on a four-point scale. This was one which was adapted from previously described method. So uh, zero uh, meant no abnormalities and one, two and three uh, corresponded to mild, moderate and severe abnormalities. Uh, these combined both subjective and objective measures to give each nerve from each horse a total nerve abnormality score. The uh, presence of fibrosis of the subperineurium or the endoneurium were both graded independently as mild, moderate or severe, and also the number of Renault bodies uh, was recorded. 
So how many horses demonstrating lumbar sacral pain did you include in the paper and how many control horses? There were 32 horses which met the inclusion criteria in total and of those 27 had lumbar sacral pain and five of them didn't, so five controls. Okay, and what types of uh, histological change did you identify um, on the associated nerves that you were examining? With regard to the total nerve abnormality scores, there was a higher proportion of grade three scores in the affected versus the controlled horses. So um, we had grade three scores assigned to eight out of a total of 52 nerves in the affected group in comparison with none of the nerves from the control group. There were seven horses who identified uh, which had gross discoloration of either the sciatic or the obturated nerves at the level of uh, the sacroiliac joint. And we found that there was a higher proportion of high histological grades and greater numbers of Renault bodies in those nerves with discoloration than those in the overall study population. So Renault bodies um, are not considered to be a normal histological observation in nervous tissue. And there is evidence that Renault bodies can represent an adaptive response to uh, mechanical stress or compression of nerves. Okay, and, and what variety of osseous change did you find? Well, osseous abnormalities were identified in all affected and controlled horses, but the frequencies of occurrence and severity uh, when graded of many variations or abnormalities were greater in the affected group than in the control group. And this included a bifid sacral spinous processes, a straight sacroiliac joint surface shape, a short arrow shape of the sacral alei, left-right asymmetry of the angles of the cranial surface of the sacral alei, curvature of the sacrum from either left or to the right, uh, modelling at the sites of attachment of either the interosseous and the ventral sacroiliac ligaments, periarticular modelling of the lumbar sacral symphysis, uh, small pitting lesions on the surface of the lumbar sacral intertransverse joints, absence of uh, the lumbar intertransverse joint between the fourth and fifth lumbar vertebrae, ankylosis of the fifth to sixth lumbar articular process joints, and a symmetry of size and position and the presence of periarticular modelling of the articular process joints between uh, the fourth to fifth, fifth to sixth, and also lumbar sacral as well. Each horse um, was assigned a lumbar joint abnormality score simply because we identified so many abnormalities. We wanted to put this a little bit into perspective for the readers. This was therefore the sum of graded pathological observations in the uh, lumbar articulations. And there were higher mean scores in the affected than the control group. We did the same for the sacroiliac joint, uh, but we found that there was no difference in mean scores between the affected and control group. Many osseous abnormalities found in horses showing lumbosacral pain in your paper were considered potentially congenital. 
why and how do you think these abnormalities could be causing lumbar sacral pain? Yeah, we we identified several anatomical variations uh, which were observed with greater frequency in affected than control horses. Uh, So that would include uh, sacral spinous processes which are bifid, uh, the straight shape of the sacroiliac joint, the shape and symmetry of position of the sacral alei, and then the curvature of the sacrum, as well as the absence or congenital ankylosis of some of the intertransverse and articular process joints. It's possible that these variations may result in alteration of the biomechanics of the pelvic region, and therefore the distribution of what are very large propulsive forces coming from the hind limbs in the sacroiliac joints and the associated structures such as the sacroiliac ligaments and the lumbar sacral articulations. It has been previously suggested that variability of lumbar sacral morphology may be involved in the pathogenesis of lumbar region pain. And we observed that there was a higher frequency of periarticular modelling of the lumbar sacral symphysis in affected horses. And we postulate that this may reflect an alteration in biomechanical function in some of these affected horses. However, the relationship between morphology or congenital changes uh, with biomechanics and the subsequent development of pathology and pain is not yet known. So sticking with the point about morphology, um, you were talking about the angle of the sacroiliac joint and the shape of the sacral alar. Could you tell us how they could potentially affect the horse? So we found that uh, 58% of affected horses in our study had uh, a straight-shaped sacroiliac joint surface, and this shape was not identified in any of the control horses. It's previously been suggested that the angle of the sacroiliac joint influences the planes of motion, and it may also influence the degree and direction of motion. Short, arrow-shaped sacroiliae um, have previously been associated with the presence of sacroiliac osteophytes and have been suggested to be an abnormal variation. This shape was observed in approximately one-third of affected horses, but again, not in any of the control horses. So it is possible that this variant articulates with the ileum at different angles and thus may affect the biomechanics of the sacroiliac joints. Okay, so overall, when analysing the range of changes identified, the osseous and the soft tissue changes, what did you conclude was the most likely cause of sacroiliac region pain? We, we certainly did identify a range of osseous and nerve abnormalities um, that were more frequently observed in affected horses and which may contribute to pain. It is likely that there is a range of different pathological causes of lumbar sacral pain and that this is more like a syndrome rather than a single entity with one single cause. This is uh, supported by the observation that there are a variety of different clinical presentations among horses with lumbar sacral region pain and that the response to treatment can also be variable. So a positive response to regional anesthesia does not necessarily incriminate the sacroiliac joints themselves, 
but it may indicate the presence of a host of potentially pain-related pathological changes in the lumbar sacral region. Will the conclusions of um, this paper change the way you, you deal with cases of lumbar sacral region pain in clinical practice? What we have found has uh, certainly contributed a very important step towards um, knowing a lot more about what is quite a common um, pathological and clinical presentation in horses. However, I think a lot more work needs to be done in order to um, apply what we have found back into clinical practice. So I think more research certainly needs to be done before we start changing what we do on a day-to-day basis with our um, clinical horses. So that nicely leads me on to my last question. Are you going to do any further investigation into this type of pathology? Well, the conclusions from this paper was only part of this study. It was a very big study and um, the second part will hopefully be published in the near future. And in that, we will be reporting the radiological and computer tomographic data, which was collected as part of this study. Certainly, I think there is scope for uh, more research to be done. Uh, The soft tissues in our study were only evaluated grossly. And I think it's important to note that a lack of gross abnormalities does not preclude pathology. And this has previously been reported for dysmopathy of the suspensory ligament. So I think there would be a lot of value to assessment with MRI, which could provide further information both about the soft tissues and also the nervous tissues too. Unfortunately, it was not practically possible for us to include assessment with MRI in addition to the investigations we carried out as part of this study. Further, I think that in light of the histopathological changes identified in the nervous tissue samples, there would also be merit in evaluation of the nerve roots and dorsal root ganglia, again, which was not performed as part of this study, um, specifically because markers of neuropathic pain may be identified there. Okay, well, I look forward to the next paper on your radiological findings. Thanks very much for your time today. Thank you, Rhiannon. Thanks for joining us and please tune in again in two months for our next edition. Thank you for listening to this Equine Veterinary Channel podcast. More about the subjects discussed today can be found online at wileyonlinelibrary.com forward slash journal forward slash evj.